Good morning. It's September 5th. It is a hot morning in New York City. There's a heat advisory taking effect that will last through the end of the day tomorrow. This is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news, and doing it today with the Indignity Morning Podcast studio air conditioner off for noise management reasons, so I'm going to try to get this done quickly. The lead story on the front of the Times is Putin will host North Korea leader to seek weapons. Kim Jong-un is supposed to be traveling to Vladivostok for the Eastern Economic Forum next week. Going, the Times says, probably by armored train. When you have a chance to talk about the armored train, you have to talk about the armored train. The report, sourced to American and allied officials, says Mr. Putin wants Mr. Kim to agree to send Russia artillery shells and anti-tank missiles, and Mr. Kim would like Russia to provide North Korea with advanced technology for satellites and nuclear-powered submarines, the officials said. Mr. Kim is also seeking food aid for his impoverished nation. If there's one country you want to turn to for support and advice about how your military might break out of an ongoing stalemate on the front lines, it's got to be North Korea. Impeachment proceedings are underway against Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton this morning, who stands accused of and in some cases indicted on a range of ethical and criminal infractions. The Times' curtain raiser story on the whole thing includes an almost defensible use of raising questions. The wrangling over Mr. Paxton's fate, the Times writes, has reflected the same deep Republican divisions that emerged in Georgia over the indictment of Donald J. Trump, raising again the question of whether Republicans are willing to hold fellow conservatives to account, and whether, if they do, they can survive a primary. It's less raising the questions than posing the questions, but that's because these are genuine questions and not rhetorically laundered criticisms. Will Republicans punish a flaming culture warrior who also happens to be, by all appearances, a serious crook? And if they do, will their voters tolerate it? Nobody knows, but we will find out over time. Next to that story, there's a big one. As threats evolve, the Navy struggles to change. Focus still on big ships, but drone vessels are more agile. Once again, our Navy is so big and powerful that there isn't really anything for it to fight against with what it's got. And as with our army getting beaten back in the global war on terror by people with IEDs, the future of warfare appears to belong to cheap remote-controlled devices. The pointlessness of our mighty Navy makes it in some ways a more attractive place to waste money than other parts of the military-industrial complex. If you're going to have workfare programs revolved around building killing machines, you might as well spend it on killing machines that don't really have anybody to kill. Even so, it would probably be better to spend that money and effort on high-speed trains or something. And there's a story based on San Francisco writing about how vacant ground-level retail is depressing people's desire to return to downtown office districts. You have to get pretty far into the story after the jump before it gets around to mentioning that these retail deserts had emerged long before the COVID pandemic. But now, as commercial landlords desperately try to refill their office space, they're discovering that the negative externalities of their old habit of jacking up their rents to drive out retail tenants and leaving the spaces empty in the hopes someone will come along and sign a much more lucrative lease are now undermining their own business model. The hope is that they will begin to regard ground floor retail as a loss leader to attract office workers back to all the empty square footage upstairs. Or one New York artist suggests to the Times they could put in public restrooms. Three writers and three contributing reporters provide an update on the effort to escape from Burning Man after mud devoured the annual festival. After all these years of partying on the playa, 
the Burning Man people have finally figured out what a playa is, namely a lake bed. All that marvelous flatness is created when water fills the basin and then evaporates and then fills up again and then evaporates some more, leaving behind in the dust incredibly high concentrations of everything that was dissolved in the water when the water was still there. Don't be surprised by a flash flood when you pitch your tent in an arroyo, and don't be surprised on the playa when the lake shows up again. They can't say they didn't get the chance to commune with nature. And Steve Harwell, the lead singer of Smash Mouth, died at the age of 56 after a long and erratic decline that led the band to hire a different singer last year. His song All Star, before it became a runaway hit with the movie Shrek, was prominently featured in the undeservedly unsuccessful movie Mystery Men, a star-studded parody of superhero movies that was somehow made before superhero movies became the all-consuming cultural phenomenon that they are now. That's the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going, and we will talk again tomorrow.